0: This is Dennis Velko with Out Bureau, and you're listening to Out Bureau Voices, where we have engaging and interesting conversations with LGBTQ professionals, entrepreneurs and community leaders from around the world. And today we are very happy to be having a conversation with Richard LeMay. In a very brief stroke, uh, Richard is a playwright, uh, executive producer, director and author. And I hope I haven't missed any th- anything there, but we're going to let Richard talk a little bit about his background. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dennis. Good to be here. Awesome. I'm um, not a playwright. Correction. Uh, I'm a screenwriter. Screenwriter. Yes. Thank, thank you for correcting a playwright.
1: me. I, I love plays. I love live theater, but I have not, uh, I can't pretend to know anything about it. Um, I'm gotcha. a writer, producer, and director of film. Um, I'm probably best known for the uh, remake of Francis Ford Coppola's first film, Dementia 13, which I directed for Universal. That was in theaters a couple years ago, Um, followed by uh, another horror movie uh, starring uh, called Bloodbound, uh, starring Josh Brolin's daughter, Eden Brolin. She's wonderful if you haven't seen the movie. Um, Before that, I was making uh, primarily uh, LGBTQ films. most notably, uh, Children of God, I produced, uh, winner of twenty-seven awards internationally. Um, it sold in, I think, 32 countries, and it was on Showtime for six years, uh, and Naked As We Came, which you can see currently on uh, Amazon Prime or Hulu, uh, and every other streaming uh, platform. So,
0: Got you, and uh, so so what got you into this direction as a career?
1: I have one of those long twisted stories. I um I don't know how twisted, but uh, I was I went to school for physical therapy, and I'm uh I was a licensed physical therapist, and I was traveling the country. And um, twisted fate, I ended up doing some commercials. Someone asked me if I would do a commercial. The clients liked me. I got hired back, and then I said, well, maybe I'll look into this as a career, you know, and just make some extra money. And cut to three years later, I was kind of doing that full-time. I did some horrible films as an actor, uh, absolutely embarrassing. And the last one I did, I thought, I if, if this director could make a living, anyone can. So I shot my first movie just for me as an actor, and I fell in love with the process. And I never looked back. I've never acted, I think it's been 25 years since I've been in front of a camera. So, um it just was like a bug it took hold of me and I just kept shooting I started at the bottom I was making no budget films and just kind of clawed my way higher and higher every film got a little bit bigger and um
0: yeah okay well you you bring up something that um has come up in a few of my other uh conversations and you know that's you know sometimes you go to school and you think you know what you want to do and of course you know when you're in high school you have no ex- life experiences to really know what necessarily what you enjoy I mean, some do but the vast majority of people uh it, who are working today uh work outside of their degree and I really like and so totally resonate with what you said is, you know, when you were observing that director and saying, you know, in your head, well, geez, if he could do this, I can. And, um, that's a lot of how I started down my initial entrepreneur, path. So, you know, it was working, uh, consulting in fortune, you know, 500 level companies and, um, I became the direct the division director for um, a consulting firm. And that gave me a lot of insights. Uh, And then then one day, I was just just irritated. And I had that same moment, you know, holy crap, if this person can run this company, and you know, have all these staff, so can I so those moments (laughs) yeah so i left that company and started my own and uh you know it took some time but eventually i got all the same clients (laughs) so he 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 hated me (laughs) but yeah he tried to cause me some trouble in the industry but um but yeah so very interesting so i think that's a really good point for people to to take away is to be open observant and You know why not give it give it a shot it's tough so so one to that um i remember when i decided
1: i was gonna like explore acting you know i had a degree and i loved physical therapy to be honest i loved it but you know i'm like well i'm 25 years old like why not explore and i can't tell you how many people said like are you crazy you're gonna throw away your career your degree all this stuff and my father said why not live your life do it if you feel like trying something on, do it. And uh I always thank
0: him for for that. Oh, that that is great. Um yeah, not all of not all of us have family members who necessarily understand. And uh, I still have family members who wonder what the hell <laughs> I do. <laughs> like go to my website, you can see everything <laughs> I'm doing. And they're like, I don't get it. I'm like Okay, then you never will. So it's uh, really great that you had your your father's uh, support there. And um, uh, so I definitely understand having you know one project and then the next one becomes a little larger and the next one becomes a little larger. But uh, looking back on those early days, is, is there anything that kind of stands out that was a real um, you know challenge for you? Now I know budgets are obviously a huge challenge but you know what if anything were were some of your earlier challenges and how did you overcome them
1: i think early on because i did not go to film school i assumed i I don't know anything which i didn't but i was afraid to ask people who did know Mm -hmm. to help me and i think in the early days if i just got an experienced cinematographer you know it would have lifted my game and i wasn't thinking like that because i didn't know how to even talk to people who had experience like that so I was a bit um, intimidated you know that's obviously you know my own insecurities but um, but having worn every single hat I've edited two features I've uh, been the DP on four features I've done wardrobe on five features I've produced eight I've directed five so I now I actually can have a conversation with every professional. And I work with some great people now who are, you know, much bigger than me, but but I'm able to have that conversation. So I think um if I could do it over again, I probably would have reached out to people who, who knew more than me.
0: Mm, and you know, that's a very good point And uh one that can translate into any any profession. Yeah. Um uh, it's like right now I'm writing some job descriptions. Um Uh, One of my good buddies is helping me get connected with a company who provides college students as interns and they get college credit and they work 120 hours uh, for it. So as an entrepreneur and a startup, I'm I'm, uh, very happy about that. And and right in my job description um, is I have, you must have the openness and willingness to, to accept and give constructive feedback. Wow! You must know when you don't know and seek help. Google it, YouTube it, and if you don't find your own answers, then raise it. And so mm. that, that's so important because you know, there's a sense of sometimes with people, oh, if I raise my hand and I say that I don't know this, the boss or, or other people are going to realize I don't know, and they I might not, you know, succeed because they realize what I don't know, but the problem with that folks is you go down, if you don't seek out that advice and that help and that info and everything else that you need to do your job, you're going to suck at your job right you're gonna suck because you're, you're you're not performing to your best so i try to create a culture in, in my past companies and and mine in that asking questions asking for help is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength it's mm-hmm. a sign of openness and willingness to learn and grow and challenge yourself and so yeah so i really i really like that you have um uh, uh, unfortunately as you self-described uh, you didn't do that back then but it's great that you you acknowledge that now and, and well, you know
1: that. now i always say i have uh, i don't have all the answers but i have lots of opinions and when you're the director of a film you have to be the one who makes a very clear decision at some point and and you know in time is of the essence but i always say the best idea wins so if if uh cinematographer says what if you shot it this way you know yeah i'll be open to that and if it resonates it's my decision to say yes or no but i've found i've gotten more great ideas from other professionals working alongside me and you have to be open to that so i think um what you're saying is spot on
0: yeah and i really like how how you frame that as well and 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 You know, even looking at the space of, you know, diversity and inclusion, I mean, the reason why businesses, um, study after study shows that when an organization of whatever size is open to diversity and inclusion, including no matter if they happen to look like you, but diversity, inclusion, and thoughts, diversity, inclusion, and ideas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not just that that person is of a different gender, a different race, or a different whatever, but... Being open to that, uh, study after study has shown that organizations of whatever type typically can perform and um, if if money is involved, increase their revenue by up to 30% because Mm. those ideas are coming in and for, for in your industry that could translate into a better film. which could translate into more money being more views and so forth and more likes and all of that on amazon and hulu and whatever rating systems are out there for it uh so so that's great um you know and um i shared with you just before we got on here and i'd like to um you know, share with the audience, you know, I, I don't get because I do uh, work constantly. And I don't always get a lot of time to do um, as much research because these conversations are very organic and it really doesn't require it. But uh, last Thursday or Friday, um, I was just needing a break. So I actually took the time um, about an hour and a half or two out of my day, literally turned off everything and watched one of your films. It was the uh, 2013, uh, is it Naked As We Came? Yes. Yeah, Naked As We Came. Folks, you can view that, I viewed it on Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, Uh, I think you mentioned it's also available on Hulu. And I really, really enjoyed the story. Um, The, the, you know, the story uh, for those in the audience to captivate your interest, is of a um an an older woman who is uh, in the process of dying of cancer and she calls her her daughter and her son uh to come be with her um she's already tried all the possible ways to cure it from traditional medicine to eastern medicine to you know yoga and everything else and she's just came to the point where she has accepted um that it's inevitable. Her time is near, and um, it, it really gets into the the, the family dynamics, but especially between you know the daughter and the son. And the daughter's very controlling, wanting you know to do every you know try to get mom to go do more stuff. And th- there's a lot of contention there. And um, you know, and so many families do go through that, um, especially when someone is passing. Sometimes behavior gets a little skewed because, you know, they're they're facing that impending uh, loss. And so they start to act out maybe a little differently. Um, but I, I really thought that one, the writing was great. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, the daughter who is the most contentious um, really made me have a physical verbal <laughs> emo- emotion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that 30 minutes through I was like oh my god she's being a freaking bee. <laughs> and um you know i don't I don't have that that level of you know expression every ever uh, you know all the time uh with films so um I commend you for that and then it had a, a great love story uh or, or the buddings of her at least a tr- a, a tryst. Um, between the two male actors, and uh, and yes, you know, folks, there is a, a sex scene, but it's done very tastefully. So, uh, highly recommend that you check out uh, Richard's movie "Naked as We Came." Thank you, James. So, um, so what kind of things are have you been doing um, recently?
1: recently um i just released a novel called all the way to wrightsville it's a uh, a coming uh, of age coming out story for uh, a character who's a a, tw- a twin and he's uh he's gay his twin brother is straight and he desperately wants to get out from under the shadow of his gregarious brother and but wherever he travels his brother finds him and uh, it's quite funny i think i uh, I know I wrote it, but (laughs) 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 it's a lot of, uh, it's, it's really the sensibility of my, my home in Massachusetts. That's where I was born and raised. And it's got a real blue collar kind of vibe to it. And, um, they're very outspoken where I'm from. So, uh, the, the brothers have a very unique relationship. Um, yeah. So it's a, I always say it's like a bee tree, but it's got a lot of heart. So I think people will, uh, will like it. The feedback's been great so far, so.
0: Okay. And, um, you know, you you say it's a beach read, so like how thick is the book?
1: Well, it's about 370 pages. So it's not necessarily a short book, but I think of it as like it's, it's a road movie. So they're, they're constantly traveling and it's like one crazy thing after another. And I'll tell you this, um, people ask me is this autobiographical it is not um this character is completely fictional but a lot of these crazy things that he encounters along the road are all things that happened to me when i was a traveling therapist in north carolina so this is all set in north carolina um so it's um it's i remember my editor said this can't possibly you know no one's going to believe this i said it actually happened (laughs) so it's um it's got a lot of truth to it. And I think that's where it kind of soars, the details are all there. So, um, yeah, okay. so it's not necessarily it meant to be the, the deepest thing that changes your life, although it might, you know, it's uh, it's got a beautiful story of, of one man trying to stand on his own two feet and um, and all his fears that come along with it,
0: so. Okay, well, and it, it, it's always, you know, they always say, write about what you know, right? <laughs> and writing about what you know doesn't make, mean that it's an uh, autobiography, but it's taking portions of your life experiences and interjecting that into a fictional character set so that you can, you know, really delve into it without having to be like an autobiography sticking to st- strictly the facts, right? You can right. Am- amplify situations and dialogue where you where you need to be able to get that reader's mindset into the story so very right. so so yeah so it's a very,
1: very um kind of wary because a lot of people ask me that is this a autobiography and i just have to be really clear because it it's more sexual in nature than other like my films my films i'm very very cautious of how i present any kind of sexual experience with the characters. And my editor asked me, like, where's the sex? You know, this is a coming out story. And I, I thought, well, I didn't want it to be that kind of book. She goes, it's not that kind of book, but I want to know. And so I started writing these sex scenes and she's like, that's more like it. <laughs> 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 but I was a little wary of that. I, I'm not, that's not usually my go-to. So it nice. is a little titillating in places.
0: Okay, too funny. And just out of curiosity, is that, uh, editor or whatever, uh, heterosexual female? <laughs> she is, yes. She, and she wanted the gay sex scene. <laughs> who doesn't, you know? <laughs> oh, I know some straight women who read gay novels. Uh, they, they, a, a, and it, yeah, it's very interesting. They don't read lesbian stuff, but they read gay stuff. It's funny. Well,
1: the fun thing is you do the research and a lot of these really popular gay novels are written by straight women. Really? It's
0: shocking, I thought. Wow. Very interesting. Not I this didn't know far. That. <laughs> Very interesting. I've gotten to know quite a few, you know, LGBTQ authors and publishers and so forth. But yeah, I've never have never had the the opportunity to interview a heterosexual author writing gay I know, you right? know, gay work. So that would be interesting. Uh, connect me up. Who are they? (laughs) I'd love to delve into their reasoning. (laughs) It's fantasies. (laughs) Probably like straight men, you know, fantasizing about lesbians. Maybe straight women fantasize about. Game in. Who knows? <laughs> do you know? Put it in the comment. Give us some info in the comments. You know, what's up with that? Right? What's up with that? Let us know your thoughts in the comments down, <laughs> down below whichever application or website you're listening or watching this. So um, so very cool. Um, so you know, writing uh, well, one, everything that you do, you know, from screenwriting to making films and and uh, writing a book, it, it's all very challenging because you're, you know, you're really just like, <clears throat> just like launching a business. You are, uh, because I look at all of those as products, right? They have, are, pro- um, There are products because yeah. you, you want people to buy the books. You want people to see the movies. Um, otherwise why bother? And, um, but there really has to be some some level of spark one for that taking that leap into believing believing in yourself and believing in what you're doing and maybe it's exploratory at first until you kind of get enough legs on it that it starts to take off but share with me kind of your your kind of process of you know kind of like when you started that book you know, what was the spark that made you go, Hey, I think I want to do this. And then walk us kind of through, you know, your process, your creative process. How did you get over, you know, writer's block, which I had one publisher say writer's block is bullshit, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so yeah, just give us some little bits of insight so that for folks listening that might inspire them.
1: Well, first I want to back up. So, um, uh... I'll get to the book, but I, there's, a, there's a thing in my head that takes me to the book. Um, many years ago, I had made a couple of films that never went anywhere. They were horrible, uh, but I was learning, you know? So I just kept making, and every year I'd shoot a new movie. And um, I shot a movie called 200 American, which you can still get. It's out there on many platforms. It's, um, I think I made it for $1,500. It was like, the, and it looks like it. It's pretty ugly looking but there's some great performances and a lot of heart. And I just thought, no one's gonna like it, no one's gonna wanna see it. And it became like a festival hit. It sold out across, around the world. And I remember, this is in 2003 or two, um, so much of gay cinema ended in a death or, you know, back then, now we're seeing a lot more uh, varied stories and happy endings, but, people lined up in those first few festivals to shake my hand and say, thank you for a happy ending. And I remember kind of being caught off guard by that. And as I thought about it, I thought, oh, I have a voice. And I didn't know that. Like I, and then I felt obligated, like whatever I made, you know, in the LGBTQ arena, I thought it has to have a positive slant no matter what. And so I became very conscious of what I was putting out um so at a certain point i said i think i want more money and i started to do horror movies and which were great i love all that because i love horror movies but i just thought to myself i think i want to get back to my roots and what really kind of made me inspired in the first place and the book was the foray into that um i'm also developing a, a gay love story set in covid times but um but this book was a the, the foray back into that, like reconnecting to that voice and putting out something that I feel is kind of important, but yet just positive, really. So um, that said, uh, my process uh, as a writer, you mean?
0: Well, um, yeah, since that's you know, one of your more, more recent works. And, and oh, by the way, uh, before we jump into that i felt your ending on naked as we came was a very what i understand to be a very french ending <laughs> you know it didn't culminate in the two like the one leaving his partner who never was seen but spoke of and and then running off into the sunset as a happy you know ever after couple which is what i was kind of expecting and then <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, and then it was not, and it was like, oh, okay, and I literally thought to myself, wow, that's a really French ending. You know how
1: I see that? Um, Everyone wanted, I've heard so many people like, oh, I wanted them to get back together, but it really is uh, one character saying, you know, can I go to whatever with you? And he says, no, I'll, I'll drive myself. That's him saying, I'm taking control of my life. I don't need a man. And so for me, I thought it was important for that character to stand on his own two feet and be a man without, you know, relying on another man to make him feel whole or whatnot. Yeah. So, well,
0: yeah. It, 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 and when, when I say the kind of the French ending is, is like, that's to me, the ending was real, that huh. those kind of situations happen. You might meet someone have a long weekend tryst and it doesn't mean you're going to become, you know, put a ring on the finger. It means just, you know, experience it, acknowledge, enjoy, but your lives aren't going are, are going to go off in different directions. So, so that, that, so for me, it was a more realistic ending to it. So anywho, I just, uh, it, it, it took me just a little bit, going, oh, okay, all right, I I get what he did here. Awesome. <laughs> so so yes, yeah, so if you would, you know, you know, for even just you know budding authors or you know people who you know would like to do something, you know, it's a very challenging process. Um,
1: well, I, I teach screenwriting, and mm-hmm. what I tell my students is, writing is rewriting. So anyone who is interested in writing anything, it doesn't matter. Just start writing because you're going to have to rewrite it all anyways. And, and that sounds daunting, but it actually is liberating because if you saw this novel all the way to Riceville in its first incarnation, it was, uh, it was ludicrous. You know, it's it didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I've never written a novel. It's my first. So um, but even with screenplays, you, know, you write. I, I tend to do an outline for whatever I do. I make a detailed outline. That goes pages and pages and and then you just get in and fill in the blanks on the page itself and the story comes out and then you i step away for a minute i come back to it i'll let other people read give me notes um i really do try to keep my ego in check uh, like i said i don't have all the answers but i have lots of opinions and if someone says something doesn't work i have to be open to hearing that and and that's where revisions come in. Um, a good editor is, uh, you don't have an editor for screenwriting, but for the novel, she was absolutely the most important thing ever. I, I didn't even realize it would be that important. And it's kind of like a film editor they'll make or break your movie. So you have to work with great editors. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think um, to demystify writing, you just have to start because eventually you're going to rewrite the whole thing anyway, so and then some you know it doesn't it took seven years to finish this of course in seven years i uh i directed two films and i produced 10 episodes of tv and wrote seven screenplays so, <laughs> and, and i raised a dog so i mean you know a lot went into those seven years but you know toiling away in my free time that this book you know it took a while to get there so yeah. I think a lot of people want the easy way to you know I want to I listened to an interview once this woman said I always wanted to write a novel and uh so I did in three weeks and I put it on Amazon and I thought three weeks like how does that even translate to a story but good honor you know I, I wish I had that
0: yeah yeah I mean some people can like you know there's one person I spoke with recently who wrote a book in 10 months. But I mean, he was full time. I mean, he was like, that was the only thing he did, you know, six to eight hours a day kind of a thing. And, um, you know, but what I really like there's, I have a saying that is throughout a lot of my videos and uh, interviews, and it's magic and miracles happen when you believe and you take action. Hmm. So believing in yourself, but the key point is taking action. So if you say, oh, I want to write a novel, I want to write a novel, I want to write a novel, but all you do is play video games and, you know, sit on the couch, that novel is not going to write itself, right? You have to take action and start and work on it and build those incremental successes, you know, like you said, create that outline first, create something, something to work with, and then start filling in and start doing, and then you're going to get motivated because you're seeing success. You're seeing a a portion of completion, which is going to motivate you to get the next one done and the next one done. And then you're going to start talking to your family and friends about it. And now all of a sudden there is also that externalized, um, pressure uh, because accountability, because now they know you're doing it and you've done this much they've read it now they're going to be asking what's next what's next so that begins to build a sense of again accountability that says oh gosh i really need to work on this because aunt liz is constantly constantly asking me for the new version right so that's a really great way in anything and that's also in businesses you know if you or, or or in your career you know if you're If you want to get to your next level in your career, staying where you are isn't going to help that you need to get that next level of certification, you need to go to that extra class or something and to to that and then start looking for that new job, because it's easier to get promoted when you move versus from within. I mean, there's so many levels there that I think translate well from not only the writing from what you said, but to your professional life and or your life as an entrepreneur as well. So I appreciate how that, how that is kind of universal.
1: Right. I find with a lot of uh, writing students, they all want to be perfect. And if they're not perfect, it doesn't, I can't put the words down. And I always say, don't let perfect get in the way of good. Because sometimes you get a kernel of something great, but it's a kernel. And if you write everything down, then you'll figure out where to cut, where to boost and where to, you know, so there's a, it's, it's never easy. (laughs) Writing is not easy. I thought it would be easy writing a novel, because making a movie, you need an army of people and, you know, millions of dollars, all these things. And I found it was just as difficult to write a novel than shoot a movie. And that was a shock for me. But at the end of the day, it's not gonna be easy, but you just have to start, you know? First step is always the hardest, as they say. You
0: know? Right. Yeah, it's that getting going. It's that that taking that leap from just believing in yourself to actually taking that action. And, and then it starts to unfold yeah. and starts to happen. But, um, but yeah. And, and, you know, and, and uh, I, I appreciate how much, um, uh, you communicated, how that was difficult and, you know, like, you know, even being an entrepreneur, you, you have to do so many things and it's all about for me and what I recommend to people is start. You might not be great at marketing. You might not be great at accounting. You might not be great at legal, but you need to start. And then once you do, you can learn different things. I personally learn literally something new every single day. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and because there are so many, for me, there's so many, uh, things because I'm both technical and marketing everything. And so for example, I'll just share with you in the audience that, you know, last Friday, I learned how to stop YouTube when you're viewing my, uh, interviews and conversations right here on outbureau.com under content and episodes. So when you get to the, if I hope you get to the end of the video, Um, you know, it would show, you know, two uh, uh, of my videos. And then previously, it would switch over and then show the viewer content, uh, additional videos that they may be interested. It may be cooking shows, Mm -hmm. hiking shows. Oh, I've learned how to turn that off. So it keeps Mm -hmm. them on my page, only recommending my videos. And, you know, and it wasn't difficult. But Anywho, I'm just sharing with you guys that even little things like that, when uh, you have to iterate and iterate, just like in writing a book, you have to iterate and iterate to get to your final product. In your career, you have to iterate and iterate to improve and advance. And in in businesses, you have to constantly iterate to be constantly improving yourself constantly. Um, so, uh, so I, 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 like that, that analogy and, you know, this is the, fir- this is really kind of the first conversation I, I've interviewed several authors, but this was really kind of the first conversation where based on what you've said, I've been able to really translate that across <clears throat> professions and, and entrepreneurialism. And I guess partly because of so many things that you've done, um, cause you are an entrepreneur. I mean, you yeah, know.
1: yeah. You know, like you said, you're making a product. I always say I'm making widgets. You know, the book is a widget, the movie's a widget. You got to sell the widget somehow. So, and then you have another set of skills that you have to work on to get into that conversation. So it's um, Absol- I've a lot of hats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because yes, if you don't, after completing the book, if you don't, uh, uh, like you, working with another professional, uh, an editor. An entrepreneur have to work has to work with lawyers and accountants and so forth to to fulfill their dream, and um, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so true, so true. All right, well, uh, well, very cool. So, um, is your book out now? Where can it be? Uh, you
1: can get it on Amazon right now. Eventually, we're going to be um, also on Ingram Sparks, so you can get it in all the bookstores. Uh, But that's probably about a month or two away. So right now, um, Amazon.com, it's all the way to Riceville.
0: Okay, all the way to Riceville. And a really easy way to see uh, not only the book, but the movies that are on Amazon Prime is to search Richard LeMay. And and his name is right over there, L-E-M-A-Y. That's how I found your... Because you told me that your movie was on Amazon Prime, so I I forgot the title. Uh, So all I had to do was type in your name and search, and boof, there it was.
1: I feel like telling you what movies to avoid,
0: but (laughs) mine. it's all good it's all good well i know we're coming up here on our time and i so much appreciate you taking uh carving out a little bit of time today to chat with us and share kind of your journey and your projects very interesting and inspiring um is there anything that we, maybe we hadn't uh covered that you would like to talk about or share um and it's okay if not <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think so i think you're, you're interviewing <laughs> all right well super oh uh, thank you so much richard for again taking time out to chat with us today and thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of out bureau voices be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whichever application or website that you're listening to and of course, join us on outburo.com. That's O U T B U R O.com. Now, once you are there, complete at least 30% of your professional profile. It's a lot like LinkedIn. And then that'll unlock all the site features, allowing you to connect and friend other professionals from anywhere in the world, and then direct message them as well. Additionally, that'll allow you the ability to join and or create groups. There is a out media group where uh almost every day uh i you can share content but i share uh movies and so forth that has lgbt content in it there is a um writer's Uh, group as well. So if you happen to be uh, an author or a budding author, join that group. Uh, It's actually managed by a professional editor and publisher. Uh, She is American based in the UK, uh, her because her wife is uh, from the UK. And uh, it's a fairly active group and it's just missing you. So come join us on outbureau.com today. There's over 230 groups right now, everything. And when I say professional, professionals, just meaning, you know, no inappropriate office, inappropriate content. Um, But there's country groups, city groups, topical groups. For example, there's an out foodies group um, and so forth. So there's lots of different groups. And again, if you don't see a group that is of a topic or interest uh, for you, go ahead and create it. Well, thank you again, everyone, for staying tuned to this far. We look forward to seeing you on outbureau.com today. Bye-bye. Let's go.